Father, we pray right now, God. Lord Jesus, we never know what anyone else is going through. Father, we pray for your people, God, who are hurting, who are sick, who need healing. We pray for the Lancasters and the Browns and the Scoggins and my mother-in-law. And we pray for every single person that's in here, God, that is afflicted in Jesus' name. God, we pray, Father, right now, a healing from the top of their head, God, to the bottom of their feet. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we could ever hope or ask. And God, we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed and said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, listen, y'all ready? They're ready. Are y'all ready? Y'all got to get ready this morning because I feel this. I'm already sweating and I ain't even started yet. I feel this this morning. Let's do it. Come on. We'll pray right now. We'll pray right now. We don't have to move the whole church because our security guys are going to freak out. But let's just get a few of them over here and we're going to lay our hands on her. Come on. I love it. I love it. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit in here. Father, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Pray for her. Touch her. Pray for her. Jesus, we thank you, God. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for healing, God, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord God. God, we just commit this to you. Father, we pray right now that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, that's your promise. And Lord, we pray, Father, a healing in Jesus' mighty name. God, we pray from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name that that cancer has no place in this body, that it has to be gone right now. In Jesus' mighty name, God, we just commit it to you, Lord. We believe it. We receive it. You said we have not because we ask not. God, we have asked and now we believe it and we're waiting on it in Jesus name. Amen. Come on somebody. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you. Y'all can go on home now if you want to. That was enough for me right there. That was enough for me right there. Thank you. Thank you. That means the world to my family. I appreciate that. Thank you. I want to share with you today out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. It's one verse. It's one verse. How many of y'all like these little nuggets that we be getting? Huh, that I've been giving y'all. This is one little verse right here that's just got so much packed into it. Y'all ready? Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who has believed our report? There it is. There it is. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Who has believed our report? I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about the good report. Everybody say the good report. All right, that was pretty good. I'm sick of y'all already. Everybody say the good report. All right, there we go. Why is it always this side? It's always causing problems. When you understand the chapters leading up to this particular verse, guys, listen, when you understand all this stuff that's leading up, all the chapters in Isaiah that are leading up to this particular verse, there were prophecies of doom and gloom, there were prophecies of destruction and, and, and decimation, there were, there were prophecies that Isaiah was given that, that, that they, listen, they were very real and they were very accurate. Amen? These prophecies were very real and they were very accurate and they were coming to pass. And it was telling how the people would go in to Babylonian captivity 
Amen? They, they, he, he, he's prophesying how, how the, the children of Israel would go into Babylonian captivity and how Jerusalem would just be decimated um, because of their wickedness and their evil and all the things. And listen, it was very real and it was really happening. Amen? Y'all follow me? And then you move into the 52nd chapter. You move into the 52nd chapter of Isaiah, and there's a total shift. And the prophecy goes from, from the word of the Lord was one of restoration. Come on, somebody. The, 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 the prophecy from the Lord was one of restoration. It was one of he's going to redeem us. He is going to rebuild us. He is going to restore his people. He is going to give them a promise of redemption. He is going to rebuild everything. Amen. You get into the 52nd chapter, read your Bible. Listen, this is what's happening. He would restore, he would rebuild, and then he would begin to bless his people. And then, this is very interesting. So what happens is you get the bad report. Come on. And then you get the good report. Amen. You get the bad report, and then you get the good report, and then you open Isaiah 53. So, all the chapters is the bad report. It's doom and gloom. Isaiah 52 is the good report. Then you open up Isaiah chapter 53, which, by the way, is the chapter that deals with the covenant that Jesus makes on the cross when, when, when he was sacrificed in Isaiah 53, 5. Look at this scripture when he says this, when, when Jesus said he was wounded for your transgressions. Do you hear me? Hear the redemption that's coming? He was bruised for your iniquities. He was wounded for your transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are what? Come on, somebody. I did not hear you. And by his stripes we are what? We are healed. I don't know what's going on in your life, and I don't know what's happening, and I don't know what kind of reports you got, but my Bible says by his stripes, you will be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. By his stripes, you will be healed. That's what he's saying. All of that is in Isaiah 53. But the question is, in Isaiah 53, verse 1, the question is this. Whose report Will you believe? Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the bad report that you get? Or are you going to believe the good report? Everybody say the good report. That was pretty good. And now you have to make the decision. Whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to, how are you, how are you going to think today? Are you already going to be beat up? How are you going to believe today? How's your thinking? How's your believing? Are you just buying into the bad report and saying, I'm going to go home and die? Are you going to buy into the good report? How's your thinking? What are you believing? How does this work for you? You just got out of the hospital. What are you believing? Come on, y'all. When the doctor gives you a bad report, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? What are you going to believe? You know when the doctor gives you a bad report, you know the first thing we usually want is a second opinion. Yeah. Amen? Amen? I want to hear and I want to know from somebody else that this is true. Amen? Can I tell you there's another report? There's another report. I'm here to tell you right now there's another report. You don't just have to take the first bad report. 
Come on, somebody. You don't have to take God's word will always give you a second opinion. God's word will always give you a second opinion. Amen. God's word will always give you another report. It'll always give you another report, guys. You know, you can get bogged down in negative thinking. No matter how long you nurse a grudge, it don't get better. Listen to me. You can have a grudge against life. Come on, somebody. You can have a grudge against life. You can have a grudge against your circumstances. You can have a grudge. Come on, you. You can have a grudge against circumstances that you were placed in, and somehow it just ain't fair. It ain't fair. You can have a grudge against these things. You can have a grudge against all kinds of things. And I want to tell you, if you're not careful, you will begin to nurse that grudge and you'll begin to develop a bad report. You'll nurse that grudge and you'll start developing a bad report because you're thinking it, you're believing it. And if you're not careful, guys, listen, I want to tell you this is no time. These times that we are living in today, this is no time to nurse it, rehearse it, and disperse it. This is the time to reverse it. This is the time to reverse it. I'm telling y'all, it's no time to get up here. I'm here this morning, and I want to tell you I want to reverse every single one of you who are moving in the wrong direction. Come on, somebody. I am here this morning, and I am here to reverse every single one of you who are moving in the wrong direction this morning. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you that there is another report that you need to believe, and you got to answer the question, whose report are you going to believe? Amen. I'm here to help you. I know the last days, guys, the Bible speaks of famine speaks of a famine of hearing the word of God. Come on, somebody. He speaks in the end days of a famine of hearing the word of God. And I want to tell you, people just aren't going to want to hear it. And I want to tell you right now that Restoration Church will not participate in that famine. We will not participate in that famine. We ain't going to do it. We're going to believe God's word. We're going to hear God's word. We're going to believe God's word over everything else. Amen? Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise if you believe that right now. Galatians 6, 8 says this. says, if you sow to the flesh, that's not us. Come on, somebody. I heard one. Come on. If you sow to the flesh, that's not us. Then you will reap the flesh. But if you sow to the spirit, everybody say, that's us. Uh-uh, come on. But if you sow to the Spirit, everybody say, that's us. Woo, come on. If you sow to the Spirit, then you will, from the Spirit, reap the positive aspects and promises of peace and joy and an everlasting life. Amen. If you sow to the Spirit, you will reap the aspects from the Spirit of the Spirit and everlasting life. Amen. That's us. That's our report. That's our report. Amen. Matthew 24, verse 6, warns it in the last days. Look at this. Look, I want you to see this. It says there will be wars, rumors of wars. Look at that little boy. He's starting a war right there. Somebody take my belt off. 
Matthew 24, it says, listen, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Verse 7, look, famines, pestilences, look at this, earthquakes. That's bad times. He says, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be famines. There's going to be, those are bad times. Amen? But then it says in the exact same chapter, look at Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel will be preached all over the world. Come on, somebody. You're not understanding what I'm trying to tell you. You got a bad report, and in the exact same chapter, you got a good report. What you going to believe? There's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be pestilences. There's going to be famines. But this gospel is going to be preached all over the world. doesn't matter. Come on, somebody. That's the good report. That's the good report. That's revival. The gospel's going to be preached all over the world. That's revival. They're both in the same chapter. You don't need to just hear the bad report. Are y'all listening to me? I know there's a lot of distractions going on. There's a lot of distractions going on. I want you to understand what I'm telling you. There are two reports. Which one are you going to believe? Amen? You need to grab a hold of the good report. These are not just bad times. These are revival times. Come on, somebody. These are not just bad times that are going to happen, and there's going to be wars, and there's going to be all this, but these are revival times that are happening. He said, just a couple verses down. These are revival times. Somebody needs to plug into that report. Think positively about the Father's blessings and the Father's goodness and the Father's faithfulness and all the other things that he's got for you in times like these. Listen, you got to get out of prison before you can help somebody else get out of prison. you got to get out of prison before you can help somebody else get out of prison. And many are incarcerated right now with negative thinking. They're incarcerated with low living. They're incarcerated with low talking. And can I tell you, the devil will wear you out. The devil will wear you out before the harvest. I'm telling you. The devil will wear you out before the harvest. God did not teach us to swim to let us drown. Amen. This is not our famine. This is not our famine. We do not have to be a part of it. Amen. We got the word of God right here. We're not going to be part of that famine, y'all. In Jesus' name. Can I tell you, he did not put his house in you to move away from you. Look at 1 Corinthians. Look at this. Look at this. Chapter 6. It says right here, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is his house. If anybody has moved, it was not God. It was you. Amen. Come on. He said, I'll make your body my temple. And he said, I'm not leaving you because you get into tough times. Come on, y'all. I want you to hear today that I still believe. I still believe what this book says. That's my report. That's my report. I still believe what this book says. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And I will run in it and be saved. That's what it says. I am under a safe and new and better covenant today. 
Can I tell you storms are coming, Pastor? I know they are. I know storms are coming. This kid right here is working today, isn't he? Listen, I know storms are coming. I know they're coming. But I got a better weather report. Revival's coming too. I got a better weather report. Whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? Some of you have been listening to the wrong reporter. Your source cannot be CNN, ABC, NBC, woe is me. You can't be none of that stuff. Come on, y'all. Turn the news off for a minute. You got to get another report. You have to get another report. Hosea 8, 7, look at this. It says, if you sow to the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. Amen. Whose report are you going to believe? If you sow to the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. It becomes a boomerang, and it comes back. Dang. You sow to the wind, guess what? It's coming back. Turns into a boomerang, you reap the whirlwind. That's what it is. There are two reports. One for the sinner and one for the saint. There's two reports. Here's the sinner's report. Well, everybody's worn out. Nobody's got victory. Nothing good is happening. I might as well just go home and die. I give up. I throw in the towel. But here's the saint's report. Psalm 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all of them. Come on, somebody. John 16, 33, this is the saint's report. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That's the saint's report. That's the saint's report. Come on. You better give him a shout of praise in here this morning. because Give him a shout of praise. Whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? No wonder Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37 that the harvest will be great, but the laborers are few. Why does the end time harvest start with labor? Huh? Why does it begin with labor? When you first make your entrance into the world, the doctor called it. And all the mamas said... Right? You can't get here without the mother going into labor. This is not a normal time. You can either be plugged into the bad report or you can be plugged into the good report because they're both there. Amen? You got a plentiful harvest, but you got a lack of laborers. You got a beautiful baby, but you got to go into labor to get it. Come on, somebody. You got the bad report and you got the good report. Which one are you going to believe? Amen? The good report. I'm plugging into the good report. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. That's where I'm at. Believe the report of the Lord. Check this out. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Starting in verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies that were previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. I want you to pay attention. Follow me. Listen. This is very important. Having faith and a good conscience, the faith have suffered shipwreck. Look at this. Oh, hold on. Which, which some have rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. And then he names who they are. Listen to this. Such as Hymenius and Alexander. Paul says, whom I have delivered to Satan. 
that they may learn not to blaspheme. Amen. Hey, I work alone, kid. Somebody got to get a handle on that kid right there. He's going crazy. Hey. <laughs> Bring my, tether him. <laughs> Paul says, I have delivered him to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. You know what Paul is saying in this verse? He's saying this. He's saying, I commit to you the prophecies that you have previously made that have been made concerning you, Timothy. He's saying, I am telling you right now, I commit to you these prophecies. There have been prophecies spoken over you. Are y'all following me? Huh? I feel like the Lord is trying to distract everybody from hearing this message right now. Or, or I mean, the, the enemy is trying to, not the Lord, but hey, listen. He is telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, son, I'm giving you this charge over these prophecies that have been spoken over you. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you that there has been a word from the Lord spoken over every single one of you. You just don't know what it is yet because God has created you for a purpose. And he's telling Timothy, he said, these prophecies that have been spoken over you. He said there have been promises. He says that while preachers are preaching that the word of God got into you and you know God promised you something about your future. You know God promised you something about your family. God promised you something about your marriage. God promised you something about your children. Amen. And that's what he's telling Timothy, I'm giving you charge, son, about your future, your health. And he said, what you have to do, Timothy, is you have to fight with that prophecy. You have to wage warfare with that prophecy. Amen. Once translation says this, you keep on keeping on with the prophecies that were made about you. So it says, listen, 2 Corinthians 3.2 says this. You are epistles, both known and read by all men. We're like a book. We're like a book. Some people will never read the Bible, but I promise you they're going to read you. Amen. They're going to read you. They're going to watch when you go through stuff, and they're reading your life. They're going to watch you. They're going to see if you'll just curse God and die, or if you'll stand in the middle, and you'll just stand up and say, Jesus, the lamb who was slain, worthy is the lamb. People are watching you, I'm telling you. He said, you are epistles learned and read of all men. God didn't write any bad books. Come on, somebody. You missed a great spot to shout right there because God did not write any bad books. And he says, you are an epistle. Mm, Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Can I tell you his story for you isn't finished? His story for you is not finished, and in the end, you will be an overcomer if you won't give up. Hallelujah. I believe that. That's the report that I believe. Amen. He said, Timothy, these prophecies that have been spoken over you, these prophecies, these words from God over your life, he says, you are to wage a good warfare. A good warfare. He was going to have faith. He said he was going to have a good conscience. That's what the Bible said. But he said, Timothy, don't believe the bad reports about you. Come on, somebody. He said, Timothy, don't believe the bad reports about you. Amen? 
Don't believe the bad reports about your future. Don't believe the bad reports about your calling. He said, take these prophecies. Take what God has spoken over you, and you better fight for them, because if you don't fight for them, the enemy will steal them. The enemy will steal what God has promised you. Amen. Timothy came from a dysfunctional family. Timothy came from a dysfunctional family. His mother was a Christian. His grandmother was a Christian. But his dad was a wicked sinner. According to everything we can find out, Peter or, or Timothy was, he was absent from his wife for the most part. And one minute he thinks, I'm a world shaker, baby. I'm a history maker. I can do this. I've got this. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, and I'm, and I'm moving here, and, and, and my granny laid hands on me, and my mama anointed me with oil, and I can do this, and, I, and I'm telling you, I'm going to change history. And then the next minute, he thinks, man, I'm a flunky. I'm a failure. I can't even do this. I don't even have a father. Right? Come on, y'all. And now, Timothy, you got to choose. Whose report are you going to believe? Come on. Am I a flunky and a failure that ain't got a daddy? Or am I somebody who's going to be a world changer and a history maker and all? Come on, y'all. Now you've got two reports, Timothy, and you got to pick and choose which one. Do you believe what you didn't have can stop what God has put in you? Oh, oh, oh y'all missed that. You missed it. That's a great place to shout. Do you believe what you didn't have can stop what God has put in you? It cannot. He didn't have a daddy. He didn't have a father, but it wasn't going to stop what God had put in him. It couldn't. I'm done with y'all. Do you think what you didn't have can stop what God put in you? You see that? I'm kidding. It's up to you if you want to believe the bad report or the good report. What are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? You got both, Timothy. And now you got to choose. Are you going to go with God? Because he'll take you to a good warfare where you win. Hey, come on, somebody. He said, are you going to go with God because he will take you to a good warfare, Timothy, that you're going to wage a good warfare, and you're going to come out a winner. You win. Paul was encouraging Timothy. And he's saying, keep on keeping on with these prophecies, brother. Keep on fighting and go after the word that God has spoken over you. I want to tell you, all I was prophesied 15 years ago that I was going to be a pastor. And I told them they had lost their mind. You guys are crazy. I'm a drug addict. I'm a dope fiend. And I promise you, I'm not going to church. Come on. You got to fight. For the prophecy that has been spoken over your life. You are the head and not the tail. I'm telling y'all, you got to fight for it. It's been spoken over your life because persistence breaks resistance. Persistence breaks resistance. When you just won't give up and you just don't quit and you just won't stop, you break through. 
when you just won't quit and you just keep fighting. And I'm going to tell you that persistence breaks resistance and you're going to keep fighting and you're going to walk through it and your persistence is going to break resistance. I'm here to tell you, you're going to be healed in Jesus' name. Everybody, your husband is going to come back to church and be healed in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, and so is yours. Persistence breaks resistance. Just don't give up. You're going to break through. There's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you right now, there is a difference between a good idea and a God idea. A good idea might come to pass. A God idea will come to pass. I promise you right now. I want to tell you this. When Simon Peter said to Jesus in Matthew 16, look at this, verse 22. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Hold on, we're going to stop right there for one second. I'm going to pull Jesus over to the side. And I'm going to start rebuking him. (laughs) No, Jesus, that's not how this is going to work. Peter's an idiot. Listen, I love him. I can say that because I relate with him the most. Listen. Peter pulls him off to the sign. He says this, and, and what they were doing is, is Jesus is explaining to him and talking to him about all the things that are about to happen. And he's telling them this is what's going to happen. And Peter takes him off to the side and he says, yeah, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Peter said, we'll never see you crucified. We will not watch you hang on the cross. He said, we will not let that happen. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said in verse 23, Get behind me, Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. Because it sounded like a good idea. It was a good idea what Peter was saying, but it wasn't a God idea. Come on, somebody. It felt like and it sounded like a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea. And sometimes we have to be able to discern between the two because the good idea sounds really, really good. But it's not a God idea. But it's not a God idea. Whose report will you believe? You know what? I can't even believe all the good ideas. I got a ton of good ideas. <laughs> My wife's like, yeah, sure you do. <laughs> How come every good idea I've ever had never turned out so good? Because <laughs> they wasn't God ideas. Come on, somebody. Because <laughs> they wasn't God ideas. I know I got a ton of good ideas. I need the God ideas in times like these. Amen? We need the God ideas. Listen, he didn't bring you this far to be a could have been, to be a should have been, and to be a want to have been story. He did not bring you this far to do that. He brought you this far so you can get to the other side in victory. Hallelujah. Amen. He didn't bring you this far to be a should have been, would have been, could have have been. He didn't do it. Woo, God never gives good ideas. God never gives good ideas. He gives God ideas. Amen. He gives God ideas because God ideas are always going to work. They're always going to work out. Don't let anybody steal your dreams. Can I tell you something? Joseph lost two coats, but he never lost his dream. He lost two coats, 
but he never lost his dream. God never would have put into the heart of a bird to fly south if there was not a south to fly to. Don't give up on your dreams. God put it in your heart, whatever God has put in there. And if you know that it's spiritually backed, then it's real and it exists. Amen. If God puts a dream in your heart and it's backed up right here, then it's real and it exists. Go get it. Fight for it. I'm telling you. He said you're the head and not the tail. I'm telling you today that you're a world shaker, that you're a history maker. I want to tell you right now that you're a devil disturber. Come on, somebody. You're a world shaker and a history maker and a devil disturber, and so are your children, and so are your children's children. Whose report will you believe? Come on. Nate, I really don't hear nobody taking this message serious this morning. Huh? I don't hear none of y'all taking this message serious this morning. You getting it? Y'all taking this serious? Come on, somebody, because I'm going to tell you, this is where we are, right here. You either going to believe this report or you're going to believe the bad report. This is where we're at, right here. Y'all better take it serious. Come on. Are you going to end up in shipwreck? That's what the Bible said. I'm not going into a shipwreck. I'm going to tell you I'm going on the other side because God is in my boat. Jesus is in my boat, and Jesus is by my side. Come on. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 18. Come on, I'm almost done. Hang on, I got about another 40 minutes. I don't even know if I could go that long. <laughs> Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Whose report, whose report are you going to believe? Come on, somebody. Whose report are you going to believe? The devil is a liar. Wake up the giant inside of you. Stand up. And say, Timothy, you've been given a prophecy. You got something you better fight for. Amen. Now we're in a famine. He said, and everything's short. You know what? We can't have our dreamers be in short. Dream. Let God give you a dream. Something to hold on to. Inspire dreams from God that you won't let go. Can I tell you there are dream thieves? There are dream thieves out there. Paul said, look at the two backsliders. Hermanius. And Alexander, can I tell you, they must have really been talking a lot of smack about Paul. They must have really been talking a lot of smack. I mean, in order for him just to deliver them up to Satan and say, look, I'm sick of their mouth. Come on, somebody. He, they must have been talking a lot of smack about Paul, about the work of God. They was probably talking about the church and all this thing. He said, they're blasphemers. Done with them. And when God tells you something, you got to protect it or the enemy will steal it. Hermanius and Alexander would have stole Timothy's calling. And God said, they, Paul said, I'm done. Deliver them up. They talk, they gone. They're out of here. Come on. When God tells you you're going to be married, when God tells you you're going to have a family, when God tells you that he's going to bless you with a blessed path and a career path and you're never going to have to struggle, when God tells you that, that, that he's going to protect you and he's going to do this, listen, the enemy will try to steal it. Amen. And you got to understand there's different levels, guys, listen, of growth. There's different growth levels. Can I tell you, Jesus develops levels of personal relationship with people. Come on, somebody. He had the 70 he had the 70, that was the large group. Then he had the 12. Come on, read your Bible. 
had the smaller group. Amen? Then there was the three, Peter, James, and John, that went only certain places with him. He only went into certain prayer meetings with them. And then there was John, who was at the cross, who heard Jesus' heartbeat when he laid his head on his chest at the Last Supper. He heard the Master's heartbeat. The 70, Jesus spoke to him in parables. Not everyone would understand it. Come on, somebody. I'm telling y'all, you have to guard your prophecy. You have to protect it from dream thieves. And I'm telling you, what God has specifically spoken over you, the enemy will try to steal from you. Do you understand that? There comes a moment where I can't rely on my mama's faith. I got to rely on what God's given me, what God has spoken over me. There comes a moment when I can't rely on my grandma's faith no more. I can't rely on my wife's faith. I can't rely on my children's faith or anybody else's faith. I have to go only on what God has promised me. And I know what God has promised me. And I have to stand and I have to fight my own warfare over that promise. Are y'all following me this morning? you got to get this. It's so important. So important. The Bible says to stir up the gift that's in you. Stir it up. Anyone who's ever cooked anything, Tara, knows if you don't stir it, it's going to stick to the bottom. <laughs> oh, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> and that's the problem. That's the problem. Many of you haven't stirred up nothing in your life in a long time. And you just stuck to the bottom and you can't get up. I'm just telling you, the Bible says to stir up them gifts that are in you. Come on, somebody. Protect that prophecy that is in you. Stir something up that's in you. Amen. You're on the bottom. You can't get up. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to get up until you start stirring something. Suddenly, you're going to feel God lifting you. I'm telling you, start stirring it up. Have you lost your fight? Have you lost your fight? Some of us are just tired of being tired. Can I tell you, you got a feast to fight? You got a feast to fight. I'm almost done. One quick story. I love this story. It's in the book of Kings. There are four lepers, four lepers that are at the gates of Samaria. Okay, love this story. There was a famine. They were sitting there dying, and they were starving to death. But they could smell the food from the enemy's camp down the road. Okay, y'all follow me? Four lepers starving to death. They could smell the food from the enemy's camp down the road. And one of them turned to the other three, and he said this in 2 Kings 7.3. He said, why are we just going to sit here and die? Why are we just going to sit here and die? If we sit here, we're going to die. If we get up and move toward the smell of food, we're probably going to die too. 
He said, we're going to sit here. If we sit here, we're going to die. If we move this way, we're probably going to die. He said, but at least we are moving in the direction of a miracle. Come on, y'all. If we said, hey, and God is stirring me, he said. God is stirring me. This leper comes up and he said, God is stirring me. He said, he's telling me to get up and go in that direction. And they were afraid. But he says, you know what? I'm going. He says, y'all can stay here and die. Y'all can starve to death. It's a 100% chance you're going to die. He said, or we can get up and walk over here, and it's a 99% chance we're going to die. He said, but I'm still taking a shot. Come on, somebody. Somebody. 